0: For 15 seconds, puck pinned to the corner to the right of Vasilevsky. Comes out in front, it is cleared as time winds down here in Tampa. Five seconds remaining, puck retrieved by Petrie. Lightning strikes twice. The Tampa Bay Lightning with their second straight Stanley Cup.
1: Minus three. With Dave Demishek. Hi, and hello, sports fan. Welcome to Minus Three Muzzle Tub to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Muzzle Tub again, premature though it may sound to the Phoenix Suns. I think we all know where that's headed. And Muzzle Tub to all because football is in the air. Follow along at Minus Three Pod, bet along with us or fade us either way. Fanduel.com. Slash minus three, we focus on the Northeast, but come one, come all. We'll talk all sports for you, especially here in the dead of summertime because all the Northeast teams are pretty irrelevant right now. Let's chop it all up here with our pal, still hobbled by a knee injury, but full of song and spirit where the world of sports is concerned. It's Kevin Hedge. What's the poop, fella? How are you?
0: Well, at least everyone knows that extent of my knee injury. It is, Mm. it was a bucket handle meniscus tear. I'm in the leg brace for three weeks. I'm not playing in game two or three. Uh, This has been so nuts. The the kind of Kawhi versus Giannis Antetokounmpo, like Kawhi was obviously very fucked up. Like they just didn't say, they didn't tell us. They're like that little minor uh, stagger. Against the Jazz, ended his season, and we didn't know. And then, like with the Giannis injury, you're like, "Oh, he's definitely out for the season." Oh yeah, maybe next season yeah, too. By I, the you way, you know he's going under the knife any day now. He's just out there dunking. You're like, "What? Wow, wow!" Uh, so I think I don't know. I I uh, and obviously I would. I think the Suns are going to win the series, but I in terms of the upcoming games. I would like to remind everybody they definitely would have lost to the Clippers if Kawhi could play. It, it, they, they, you know, they got smoked at home in game five
1: with no Kawhi. I'm not, I'm not sold on this Suns dynasty. They've I'm never- with you 100%. But you know what? I want to say something right now to the Suns fans because they are going to win. And Kevin Hench gave me a cra- great piece of advice many moons ago. After my Pittsburgh Steelers vanquished the Seattle Seahawks in Super Bowl 40, a lot of Seahawks fans from Paul Holmgren or Mike Holmgren. Sorry. I'm down. Paul Holmgren was on the flyers, Flyers, right? <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Filthy Hol- flyer. Uh, we, we, we officially both know way too much about sports or confusing our Paul and Mike's, so or at least I am. Anyhow, uh, Mike Holmgren gets to the podium and belly aches about the referees. Grow up. Yeah, Have some class, would you? You lost the Super Bowl. Anyway, everybody the world over said, oh, the Seahawks got job. The Steelers didn't deserve it. And I started to push back for the first few days. And Hench said, listen, everybody calls my favorite football team the Patriots cheaters. Just roll with it. It'll be much easier. If you try to argue with people, it takes away the joy. Enjoy it, Suns fans. You are going to win. I don't know if fraudulent's the right, right word. The basketball gods, for whatever reason, decided to clear the path for you by injuring every other relevant player in the NBA, and you're going to win it. And uh, for the rest of time, we'll look back at pictures of you hoisting the, the O'Brien trophy in those ugly black jerseys that you wear. That was a choice you made. Um, so it's listen. funny. I mentioned, I mentioned they would have lost
0: to the Clippers if, if Kawhi plays, of course. They also would have lost to the Clippers without the Valley Oop. Like it took a like. I mean, that's right. This this asterisk is going to be like dodged. AD in the first round didn't have to deal with Jamal Murray in the second round. Didn't have to deal with Kawhi in the third round. I mean, I guess it will help if Giannis plays the whole series. You know, you won't. They won't be able to say that. But uh, yeah. The 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 Suns. But look, you know, it's sort of like. Hockey now, I guess it, it used to be everybody was healthy in basketball, but like part of that battle of attrition in hockey is depth. Guys are going to get hurt for sure. Uh, and, and how much depth do you have? And so, uh, you know, the, I mean, the Suns did, did win the two games without Chris Paul. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm softening in my middle age. Uh, I just not a Chris Paul fan, but like he's, he's doing some pretty crazy things statistically the last
1: two games. I agree. And, and, uh, cousin Sal and I talked about it an extra point to go back and listen to that, um, because it was a good episode, but it is a little weird. I don't mean to be a cynic. I'm good for him if he's going to win the title. I just am surprised that people cared this much about seeing Chris Paul win a title. I think it's owed to a lack of a better storyline. I think it's as simple as that. Like, um, we have to talk about something, Uh, around these finals because we're getting, we're paying great sums of money to have the rights to these games. What are we focusing on from a human interest standpoint? I guess this is what it boils down to. It's like Chris Paul, he's been in the league a long time. It'd be neat to see him win. That seems to be a storyline people vibe too. So kind of like Jerome Bettis uh, when he won the Super Bowl. that was kind of like, wait, the Seahawks and the Steelers, that's not that cool a game. Well, all right, well, let's just talk about how the bus is from Detroit (laughs) and the games in Detroit. Uh I, I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah, no, they I, brought I that up.
0: Barely mentioned. Um, it's funny you mentioned that that the the Seahawks getting screwed in that Super Bowl. Well they didn't, go. I I wrote I wrote a column arguing as much for my foxsports.com column back when they had uh, text on the on the webpage. That was
1: also when Kevin Hench is a point of reference to uh our third uh, person here. On the show today, Eddie Spaghetti is always from uh, New York way, Staten Island to be specific. Yeah, Hench uh, used to do also, not only would he write a column, he also was a personality on Fox Sports and he would do a little segment kind of like uh, what the Sheck Report was for, uh, for me. Hench would do a thing and at the end he would be, that's it? You just got henched. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. true. You just got
0: henched. <laughs> you just got henched. Go ahead. Listen. Hench us now, hench. Well, when I'm back on my feet, you could fucking get henched at any second. You watch your back. <laughs> I can't move right currently. But once I, once I move from crutches to a cane, you could get henched over the top of your head. Oh, um, well, anyway, I out. wrote that column saying, you know, hey, the Seahawks got screwed. Like, every close call went against them. I think it was – Peter Warwick had a punt return call back and you couldn't really even find the, the the penalty. And, but I, anyway, so I just wrote a column, like, you know, crapped it out like all my other columns and it got fucking millions of downloads. It was like the, the, the home office calls me to go like, uh, nothing you've ever written has broken into double digits in clicks. This thing has caught fucking wildfire. And I started getting radio requests in Seattle, Seattle local radio was like, Hey man, can we get you on? We got to get you on. I mean, it was like, days of mourning in Seattle where I would come on and go and I would just go through it. It'd be like, like, I don't know if you call OPI there. I don't know if that was a clip. I'm like, just going through the things. And they're like, Hey man, can you stick around after the break? Like I was an expert. I watched the same game you guys watched, but oh, you're a sports columnist. You're, you're adding a lot to this, but it's funny. You mentioned the Holmgren belly aching because I was just, you know, you know, making up some belly aching uh, on his behalf and Th- that column, uh, 10 times my second highest clicked column.
1: I don't know what we're supposed to take away from that expressing what I consider to be vapid cynicism. That was uh, the most overstated jive I've ever heard that, that the the, the Seahawks should have won that game or they would have won that game. If not for, I mean, I can go call by call, but that's in the wayback machine. And I, I, heaven forbid I would ever think about something that isn't in the here and now where sports or otherwise are concerned. Um, but, yeah, that's true. I, I, I've had the same experience. It comes to mind, like I've said, um, that, like, hey, I don't know. I said this three years ago. Oh, Cam Newton's going to go to the Hall of Fame. A lot of Charlotte, North Carolina radio requests all of a sudden. When you, <laughs> you start talking about number one is underappreciated in the league. Um, at Eddie Spaghetti, I want to try a new segment here. Let's do, because we live, I don't know if you've, it, 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 I mean, we've talked about it amongst ourselves, but a lot of people, the the overcrowding, you know, they, they say the housing market is super hot right now for sellers. But, I mean, Mount Pius is overrun. I mean, you can't say anything without people getting pious and offended by it. How offended are we supposed to be? We need a good name for this segment. Something like how offended should we be here? Let's start it off. Scale of 1 to 10. Kevin Hench, how offended should we be? by kucherov hoisting the stanley cup throwing on a uh, throwing on a good drunk at the podium in celebrating the uh the lightning second straight cup sitting down at the podium and saying our goalie should have won the Vezina trophy not the flower in vegas people very upset keith oberman and otherwise people are cross how dare he that's he called it uh uh, winning ugly. Where would he? Or, or, or You know, some or, cl- some classless act. Who I mean, the guys celebrate. How, how say you? How offended are we uh, supposed so to be? Is by it, it is it zero to ten or one to ten? don't know you to one, go what zero.
0: What's lowest
1: number? <laughs> zero, right. zero. Spaghetti. Can you can you provide some insight why this is offensive to anyone on the planet Earth, including Mark Andre Fleury? Yeah. Well. Wait, the, the guy's standing up for his teammate in the moment of glory after he just uh, zeroed out the Habs in winning the Stanley Cup. Like, is that is that out of bounds for, for the star of the team to say that or not? Or am I missing something?
2: Unless the uh, NHL... And the Stanley Cup Finals instituted some sort of like baseball unwritten rules about what you you know can or can't say. I mean, I'm not offended in the least. I love the fact that uh, I guess a, a liquored up Nikita Kucherov was sticking up for his guy, my um, guy that has won a vez in the past and just won the con Smythe, and he's still saying that he should have won it this year. Uh, and I, I think he you know he may have a point, and I think it's awesome that you see somebody actually he called the Canadians too, saying they were the far better team. So I love an open and honest uh, Kucherov. Wait,
1: he said. That he said the Habs were superior. No, to he the said,
2: no, he said like they weren't even the same level.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, what do we want, everybody? But do, you I want, mean, do you want I'm do you want do you want people like, who go ahead?
0: Well, Vasilowski's like, um, hey, hey, uh, plucky opponent, you're not gonna get a sniff. This guy's a fucking Terminator, okay? You're not going to score. I guarantee you in this closeout game, you will not score. I mean, when when Gary Bettman, who, by the way, Bettman, how long have you been doing this? How can you bring the first-time public speaking, middle management Chevrolet regional sales director speaking quality? Like, wow, take some fucking charisma lessons. Learn, like, Learn how to talk. Like you come out, you're so stiff, you're so halting. I mean, I know you're usually just trying to talk between the boos. Kind of caught a break last night, not booed as lustily as usual.
1: But uh, the people was, there too seen out to know where they were. They thought but, they were. They thought they were at the early bird special. But, but anyway,
0: like,
1: you know, if Vazileski basically,
0: you know, if if you beat him in these in the playoffs in any point in the last two years. Not only are you definitely losing the next game, you're not going to score. <laughs> like here, you know, I, Dominic Deschamps in the locker room goes, "Guys, let's face it. We're probably not going to score in this game." I think it's. I don't think there's ever been a safer time to say you ha- your teammate is the best goalie in the NHL. I mean,
1: of course. So, so we're agreed. It's a zero. It's Good. A zero. I'm glad. It's a zero. I'm glad we're in agreement now. But that's not will, a lot of heat.
0: People like the heat. They like it when we disagree. But okay, I, maybe, this well,
1: one. maybe on this one, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna disagree with that. I, I'm with Kucherov on that one. What I am gonna disagree with him on is expressing that the Habs or the city of Montreal, are they gonna really do Eddie Spaghetti? Are they actually gonna have a parade, even though the Habs didn't win the cup?
2: I think after the negative backlash, I'm not sure <laughs> if those planes are falling. <laughs> I know it was. Are to be you our- Cleveland?
1: You're it's the Blue Blanque Rouge, right? for Christ's sakes. You're the Yankees of hockey. You don't have a, a a parade for coming in second place. That's the stuff for Boston fans in the 20th century, throwing a parade for Raymond Bork winning a cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Have some dignity, Montreal. Sweet Jesus. Um, what I don't like, though, is Kucherov, after the fact, saying, well, see, they they they, got, they 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 you can't start planning things and start celebrating before you even won the cup. That's wrong. I say, see, this is akin for me to the Habs knew their level and they knew they were outclassed by Tampa. So they were just trying to live in the moment because they knew there was no Stanley Cup upcoming for them over the course of the next fortnight. So, of course, they were overjoyed just to get there, as they say, just to be a part of the final was enough for them. Kucherov then after the fact shouldn't point that out that's wrong because that's the same as I always say of a college basketball crowd in the waning seconds when you're about to knock off a high a, a powerhouse team visiting your uh, your arena there and uh, in, in the last 20 seconds doing the overrated you may as well just make the cheer like The apparent great accomplishment by our team is not that great because the foe isn't as good as you thought they were. So, eh. We didn't just beat the number one
0: seed in the nation. I mean, we'd be excited if we beat the number one seed in the nation, but we just beat an overrated team. Yeah, yeah, that is not a good chance. Now, on on my rage meter, it's obviously we're going to disagree on this one because I can only get so hot if I'm just being informed of it. This, this one didn't make it into my feed. This, this fucking, this Kucherov. But I will say this, uh, any kind of public event does need to be planned for. Unlike outgoing, (laughs) unlike outgoing New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, just, I mean, probably the worst mayor and including a fucking lunatic in that, in that list in, in New York's history, you know, he, he's, he's hated by conservatives. Of course he's hated by the progressives who put him in office, hated by everyone. Bill de Blasio right to the bitter end, fucking up every single thing. He, he takes like a 10 SUV motorcade from his mansion to Brooklyn. Cause he likes to work out at the Y in Brooklyn. Like he has a huge carbon footprint to go get his steps in on the fucking treadmill. Like what kind of progressive are you? Anyway, just the worst mayor of all time. He had he decides to have a ticker tape parade for the frontline health workers of New York, but he does it like a flash mob. There's no fucking announcement. There's no planning. It's 110 degrees. There's no way they can line the street streets of New York. There is no ticker tape because Wall Street's closed. Like it's just another classic de Blasio fuck up where it's like hey, we really want to pay homage to the frontline healthcare workers. When should we do that? How about this afternoon? Well, I don't know. Why don't we give people <laughs> a heads up? There will so only be four people there. there. Just, there.
1: So, in other words, that's just called traffic. When there aren't people lining yeah. either side of the street from the parade, that's all it is. It's just rush out. So apparently,
0: nobody showed up. Uh, and, it, and it was, but, you know, so to, you know, the Canadians, you have to plan for something, you know. And and obviously, you um, montreal uh it, it was i find it very weird that and, it, and this definitely applies to tokyo and japan and the the, the the health emergency that the world will be flying its young amateur athletes into um i do i am amazed when when the usa has its shit together over these other, what i consider advanced countries i'm like Japan has dropped the ball on vaccination. What is going on? What is going on? Like Canada lagging America. Uh, So so USA for sure. And by the way, if I were a sprinter who had qualified for the COVID Olympics, I'd be ripping bong loads day and night until I flunk my fucking test so I don't have to go over to that Petri dish, get sick,
1: I don't think I don't think just because you qualified you're now there's not an American law that requires you to actually go. You could just be like, I did the important part. I made the team. I don't I actually want to be there. I'm I have no interested. interest in talking about being somewhere where nobody attends. But that is actually the I I think that that's why Montreal was talking about it. it's like, man, Canada has had it rough during COVID. Worse than the US did. We need something to celebrate. I think that was the spirit behind it. Either way, I mean, I wouldn't have been over the moon for the Blue Blanque Rouge to add another uh cup to their to their total, but it's got to be the better than Tampa. We will see last year, if I remember, they did like a boat thing instead of a regular parade. they did like a, a boat thing, and then Brady did a boat thing when he won in Tampa, Tampa with, Bay. including including right, uh, tequila. I wonder what this Tampa celebration will look like. It's got to be better, as I always point out, the lowest of the low and it's why i will always advocate for the anaheim ducks to be moved somewhere where people care about hockey more is that their parade included a um, an appearance by the governor and also free wiener's and coca-colas for all who attended and if i'm not mistaken 5000 people attended and was, maybe i'm wrong maybe it'll be maybe somebody'll maybe somebody'll tweet and say oh no it was 15000 i don't care A half a million show up to anywhere else. (laughs) And you don't have to get bribes of wieners.
0: The irony of the whole COVID disparity as it pertained to the Stanley Cup playoffs is if it wasn't for COVID, Montreal wouldn't have been in a division where they could qualify for the playoffs because they were the 18th best team in hockey. So only by Uh, virtue of COVID did you get into the playoffs. Hey, fun fact, we should brand these segments Obviously, your your title for how offended should we be, not exactly. I didn't think a, that went through. Not exactly a
1: toe tapper.
0: It's how about this? Offensive,
1: that. how about this? Offensive power rankings. Hot damn. We got okay. it. Right. Uh,
0: this, this is, is a uh, good Eddie spaghetti uh, you like is, that.
1: Come up with yeah, a better yeah, that one. Works. That works. Don't be a cynic. If you don't have the punch up available, then you can't express That's true. that is a law. That is a rule. You're right.
0: My apologies. But so we'll we can maybe come up with uh some kind of branding for this segment, which is a fun fact. Uh, People tweeting about uh, the Habs, you know, short for Les Habitants. I learned this in the only class I ever paid attention to in my life was in college. I took the baseball novel. Uh, So we read The Natural. Spaghetti, have you at least seen the movie?
2: I I have. Yes, okay, actually, good. me and All my right. father have watched it, so I know okay, about. Okay, so
0: So, so uh, Redford plays a character named Roy Hobbs. My baseball novel professor Robert Cochran, he, uh, Bobby Cochran, Johnny Cochran, Bobby, yeah, Bob Cochran. He, um, he said, Paul Holmgren that, that that Roy Hobbs is named Roy Hobbs because in French. The Hobbs are the peasants. And Roy is king. So he's the king of the peasants. Roy Hobbs (laughs) is the king of the peasants. I was like, that's fucking awesome. That That is is great. That's why you take the baseball novel. Like, like, why are all my classes this interesting? I could have been a good
1: student. Fascinating. is, Is Wah Hobbs king of the peasants? The Whammer. He strikes out and then doesn't get shot as a result. Hobbs does, of course. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. And uh, the H, I thought you were going to do the lamer thing. Like, Did you know that the H inside the C of the Habs logo stands for hockey? But if you bring that up, people will tell you that it stands for hobby Hobbiton. And so it's, I don't even know that that's a settled, um, a settled debate at this point. But also interesting is... Do you ha, have you ever noticed the Canadians, the hockey team is spelled differently than the countrymen Canadians. It's spelled with an E at the end instead of an A. I think many people miss that as well. It's right, well, um, the French, the French. Oh, I don't know why. you don't to, I'm just having to let you know. A lot of people don't know. I don't know if the French, whatever, whatever it is. Don't diminish me. That doesn't make you look better to knock me down hedge. All right, should we do best bets? You want to do, do best, best bets cuz I want to talk best. about I want I want to get your thoughts on the keel. Harry, I also think we should do many years ago I came up with the idea of league of leagues that why consider why why have fantasy um limited to just one sport? Why don't we do, you know, NBA and baseball and football? We really should consider maybe even doing that here on the Extra Points network. That would be a fun thing to do um we should try to work out just among our teams maybe we could work out trades that would benefit all three of our teams or at least two of them I got Adam Frazier for you anybody need an all-star second baseman how about the Red Sox What, what about the Yanks could they are they in the market for a nice second baseman he's very short but he's very good at baseball too we'll talk about that but let's get into our best bets here um, and Kevin Hench, why don't you start us off? By okay. the way, I was well, at PNC park the other day and it's just as the baseball team is such rubbish and it's such uh, it's so sad. Although they were on a little mini winning streak, thanks to Dave Damashek's arrival, but, um, they, they've, they've, uh, returned to form and stink again. Um, but, um, start us up. I think I'm going to go all baseball here for lack well, of something else uh, that I just, mentioned. You know, it's always hard to remember, especially when you're
0: hopped up on painkillers like I am, but uh, I feel like we threw out a lot of winners last week. You know, we gave, yes, uh, we we gave did. people Vasilevsky. I feel like Vasilevsky was free money. You know, Sal obviously made more than the rest of us because he got on that early. He got on it when Point was still scoring a goal every game. Great but, call. Uh, yep. Vasilevsky right. was free money, and then um, I know I... I did like the Bucks even without Giannis against the Hawks, so uh, you're welcome. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a well I went to last weekend, which is picking against uh, Garrett Richards on the Red Sox. I'm really like this guy is is just hanging by a thread. As soon as Chris Sale is ready to go, Garrett Richards is gonna be uh, an un- unrestricted free agent. Um, so he goes uh Friday night against the Phillies. The Phillies have been mashing. Like, I know everyone's been beating up on the Cubs, but like the Phillies really are hitting the shit out of the ball right now. So I like the Phillies Friday night in Boston. Um I also like the Phillies Sunday. Aaron Nolan to, Aaron Nolan to beat Nick Pavetta, and then with the Sox only salvaging the middle game of that series uh, on Saturday. So do with that information what you will. Uh, I've been pretty solid on on my
1: my side. I, I, I'm not doing this just to jump on the back there, but I do like that pick on Saturday. Perez um, at home against uh, Matt Moore and company, Philadelphia rolling into town there, like you say, for the three-game set. I will take the home team on Saturday. So we're in oh, nice. lockstep there, Mitch. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't like, you
0: know, I mean, people – think the Suns are going to sweep. Like, I don't know. Like people are thinking like the Suns are going to win this next year. Like what, what is going on? Like they haven't beaten anybody. I, I don't know what's happening. So I think the Bucks. I like the Bucks in game three on Sunday. Um, I think, you know, I think this goes at least six and I, I don't, you know, I'm not as down on the Bucks as everybody seems to be. And obviously Giannis looked like he had some spring in his step. Uh, so I like the Bucks in game three. And then the other thing I like because his, Home road splits have just been kind of nuts. But um, I, I like Drew Holiday, wherever they put the, the points, rebounds, assists numbers at, I like Drew Holiday to go over that number on Sunday. He's, he's been a baller at home and a gacker on the road. But I think Milwaukee comes up big
1: on Sunday and uh, Drew Holiday in, in particular. I like the Saturday pick. That's basically what it boils down to is if you don't think that the Suns are going to sweep the Bucks, it feels, as I already said, inevitable that Phoenix does end up um, getting it done. So what you're basically betting on is a game two or a game three Bucks win if you think it only goes five, which is where I am on this one. So Saturday, or, or uh, for the uh, Saturday game, I'll lay off there. It's Sunday, right? Yeah, spaghetti. It's Sunday. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay. They're
0: either they're giving them a little rest now that we're at the finals. I like. Uh, I.
1: I mean, I think it's funny that the the Astros have kind of let's see what they do. They're tracking towards the you know baseball's postseason is weird, but the the Astros have a shot, uh, certainly, of winning the World Series again. And I wonder, outside of a New York team, or forgive me, Hench, but the Patriots winning a title because of their cheating ways, would the Astros be the most reviled team to win a title in recent memory? Everybody hates to see – most people hate to see the Yankees win. People don't like seeing the Patriots just because people like to hate an evil empire. You should be happy with that. When people get upset about, why do you hate the Pittsburgh Steelers? Why do you hate the Steelers? Like, Well, that's good. That means that – that um you do things well as reggie jackson or uh, i think it was john madden who said if they ain't booing they don't know who you are um but either way i like garrett cole um going back to houston down there and i'm gonna take. i i don't like garrett cole to win this game because without the spider tack, it's very sad zach grenke at home in what presents as a pitcher's duel i guess i'm gonna take uh, zach grenke and the Astros to, to take down Spaghetti's Yanks there. How say you, Spaghetti's?
2: Well, I'll stick with that game, and I, um, I'm i going against you on that one. I think if there ever was a time where Garrett Cole figures it out and wants to get a W versus old team, uh, I think it's going to be this game. And I, I like – you know, the 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 run totals are going to go, obviously, you know, the, the Yankees has been mashing the ball lately. I like the under in this one. I, I know that Altuve's been hot. Judge has hit a couple home runs lately. He's been hot. But I think this is a game where both pitchers kind of are on. And I know everyone likes making fun of Garrett Cole and, and his huge contract in the spider tag. But, I mean, let's be honest, every pitcher in baseball probably used some sort of grip there. So I'm going to go Garrett Cole, the Yankees. Where, if they're getting a, probably a run and a half on the road, I would say I like the Yankees getting that. I like the under runs. And whatever his K mark is for Gary Cole, I like the over on that. when I want him to come in dominate, that'd be a, a really, really good win that the Yankees would need after a pretty easy series here versus Seattle. I want to go kind of weird with these picks. so Wait, you a wait, bunch wait of- a
1: second. I would, I, but you explain yourself. Is, you say, if ever there was a time, that sounds rhetorical. Well, based on what? Gary Cole think has g- not been good since. since that's not true. That's not tack.
2: true. That's not true. Look at his first couple starts after right after the, the spider attack thing came out, after he made his comments, he had an awesome start when they were already cracking down. So it's not true. People forget that they just are a prisoner in the moment. So it's not true. I've watched almost every single game, okay. almost every cold his match. His
0: splits are bad, Eddie. They he are. They are. Start. He did have a good start against the twins, but his splits are bad. And if you're like, he's going to figure it out. Yeah. We've all figured it out. He's awesome when he's cheating. And when he's not, like he apparently wasn't in Pittsburgh and he hasn't been for the last month, he's not worth $324 million. So uh, best of luck to you. I
1: think you're saddled with an overrated ace who's garbage if he's not cheating. Wait, Spaghetti, I want you to isolate that sound clip and cut around some of the specific baseball references so that you can play that back whenever we talk about Bill Belichick too. He's awesome when he cheats, and when he doesn't, then, you know, We've seen the results that way, too.
2: He he also, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's been rough since the uh, generally speaking, since the spider attack incident. But he's still eight and four. His ERA is still under three. He still has 135 Ks. I mean, he's <laughs> How like. How
1: many of those wins came with, with the tack, though? You're but you're, but again, season. this is what I'm
2: trying to say is like you're only acting like he's the only pitcher who ever touched it. You don't think Zach Gregor's no, career has ever touched like stuff to get a grip? No, of course, I'm, Zach saying he is,
1: I'm saying he has stunk. Garrett Cole Special. I'm not talking about anybody else.
2: I'm hey, I, will like, like again, a couple-
0: I will say this of all the cheaters. He's not even the worst one on the Yankees.
2: That's true. It's That's Rawls Chapman. You're,
0: you're fucking closer. Yeah,
2: that is true. Uh, I I look if if he's gonna get right, there's a there's definitely a mental uh, motivational factor here. Playing his old team, No, he's going against another ace. I guess Ace and Zach Greinke so are having a pretty good season as well. And I if he has to, if he comes in and shuts them down, that'll be a good turnaround the Yankees need. And Hens said this himself a week or two ago, and he was like, "Listen." If there is a pitcher to figure it out, minus the spider attack, it's going to be a guy like Garrett Cole who's a naturally good pitcher. So I trust him. If there everyone's time to turn around, it's going to be this game. But I'll give my other picks quickly. Uh, some weird ones, like I said – uh, well, I did give a bunch of Suns pick. I still like my Aiton to win Finals MVP. I still want to uh, say the Suns are going to sweep them in four games. So pick that uh, in in four. That series to end there. I'm going to go USA basketball to win the the gold medal here. They're putting putting those odds on Fanduel now. They're minus seven fifty. Not a great number there, but if you want to add that to a parlay, that could certainly help because I think Team USA should be a lock. And another well, one. Well, they're I like.
0: the only vaccinated team in the tournament. They should be able to win.
2: Yeah. Well, I you know it's, every it's,
1: other team is going to be wheezing
2: and uh, speaking disgrace, of
1: disgrace, I say it again. I'll say it we'll talk about it next week again because I'm going to bellyache about it through the Olympics. Why go, why do this, USA? For don't you see now? We now there's no going back, there's no time machine to reset things. You just should have always sent the collegiate guys and on the off, once every 20 30 years, the U.S. wouldn't win the men's Olympic gold, we would just say, like. Yeah, you want us to send our best again? Remember 92? Remember the dream team? We'll do it. Don't make us. They could have they should have just done it. 92 just to say and then people could say, "Oh, things have changed now. Now they have." We, because then we would have that. Brazil or whoever would be able to say like, well, "Yeah, but we're better now than we were back in 92." Like, "Yeah, you still wouldn't be able to hang with our guys." And there would be no way to disprove that. We would just hold up the 92 dream team for all of time. Now we already have been shown as mortal and what's done is done. I'm sorry
2: go ahead. Uh, and just to give the final pick quickly that Fanduel also just play, uh, placed it on their site and this well speaking of vaccinations and stuff it might be up in the air because of some people in Tyson Fury's camp that may have COVID or not but we still have two or three weeks for this so hopefully things get sorted out there but he is the favorite at minus 350 again not great odds in that if you want to link it with something and parlay it I like Tyson Fury to win this one in the first fight it was a split decision probably because Wilder was the favorite even though Fury was knocked down twice and in the second and fight fury dominated him. I remember that fight vividly. Everyone knows he was dancing and singing after the fight was over. I mean he absolutely destroyed Deontay Wilder, who's a really, really good boxer. Uh I'm looking forward to this fight and I think it'll be another Tyson Fury victory. So I like him to to win this one whenever they actually have this match. But hopefully it still goes on. I believe it's July twenty fourth in, in Las Vegas.
1: We still got a lot to get to here, but I do want to mention again NBA finals are here and FanDuel has a championship offer you don't want to miss because during the finals, new users get 30 to 1 odds on either the Suns or Bucks to win their next game. You already know that I think the Suns are going to win the majority of the games, ergo, I'm riding with the Suns. But you can win $150 on a $5 bet. All you need to do is go to FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sports sportsbook in all the land, just because of uh, of great uh, fun bets like this one, 30 to 1 odds. You can't be so loco that you're going to turn your nose up at that. Who you got in this, Eddie Spaghetti?
2: Well, like I've said in the show before, I picked the Suns to win. I picked us to win four games. Um, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a sweep because we all thought, hey, you know, Giannis is not going to play. I'm a little skeptical now. I may not go for maybe Milwaukee am still a game here with Giannis back. But look, the way I'm looking at this is the Suns woke up and they heard Giannis was doubtful by midday. He was probable all of a sudden by game time he's playing and they kind of withstood that. And that's kind of been the Suns motto. It's a bend, don't break. And I, I you know I picked Andre to win finals MVP. I love him in the center, and the the Chris Paul Devin Booker duo at guard is you know it's just been flat out awesome for them. It, even if Giannis is healthy, I still think the Suns are the superior team. So if you're a new user and you're signing up at FanDuel.com/slash-minus-three, to me the Suns, even if they don't sleep them, they're the team to bet on, and they have you know game two at home, and they're going to have the home field uh, home court advantage. So please, I'm telling you to ride with the Suns in this series.
1: Boy, I like it, and you did call Aiton, and uh, he's off to a decent start and is in play as uh, the finals MVP or most outstanding player, whatever they call it. Um, All right, there you go. Listen to Eddie Spaghetti. Listen to Dave Damashek. We're both on board with the Suns. Hench, we've talked about uh, that you're a better basketball player than I am, obviously. Um, And as far as Spaghetti says, if ever Garrett Cole is going to do it, he's going to be motivated. In baseball, it's fascinating. At PNC Park the other night, Uh, Jean-Claude Van Dameshek made a keen observation. He said, um, I bet this guy wants to get a hit in this spot, but it's interesting because baseball is it's a team. He made the classic observation team sport, but it's funny because only the guy at the plate can do anything about what's going on in that moment. The pitcher, the one-on-one matchup betrays the, the team aspect of the sport. Um, it is fine. You know, a batter can't go up there and be like, I'd really like to get a hit right now. So I'm going to try. You know, it doesn't, it, it, you can't be, I'm jacked up for this game. So I'm, now I'm going to do better. That doesn't happen in baseball. Um, but in basketball, what is your hypothesis why guys shoot free throws better in the last couple of minutes? Because there is no explanation for, I really want to make this one. So I'm going to try to make this. When guys elevate their free throw percentage in the clutch, that's strange. The ones who do, the ones who do. Yeah. And guys who do bat, I mean, obviously, I can understand you. chill go the, the other, other way. way. Right. But I,
0: I do think the guys who do, um, you know, it's like the thing that made Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs was he was like every at bat is the bottom of the ninth in the World Series. Like it's fifteen to two, uh, and Wade Boggs is going to grind out a walk in the eighth inning. Like Wade, Wade Boggs took every. You know, so those are the guys that lead the league in free throw percentage. Like I'm not missing any free throws. This is like. And then you have those guys who are like, I don't know. I go up there, I take three dribbles, I fling it at the rim, and I shoot seventy-five percent. It's pretty good. And then it's like, oh, but when it matters, you know, of course I can. I can lock in on uh, my eighty-eight percent.
1: I guess, but you know, still, it's a but Wade but like, Boggs. By that, it's like Wade Boggs. And by the way, the overly precious for me, baseball started to go downhill even when I was a young kid a little bit because I could identify the overly precious kind of conversations between Ted Williams and the best hitters in the eighties. I, I just never, they always made me vaguely uncomfortable like Ted Williams holding court for Wade Boggs and Don Mattingly or Tony Gwynn and the, and the need for those guys, these multimillionaires to genuflect to to Ted Williams, who's an admirable human being for what he did, uh, you know, in the, in the military. But little, little self-righteous about hitting a baseball and all that, but Wade Boggs to maybe the detriment of his team and not to disparage Tony Gwynn either, but there is something about that Rod Carew. And those guys are like, I'm just hitting singles. Like, yeah, but but that's not what we need right now. We, what we need is for you to swing for the fences here. Nope. I'm just, I I, I'm looking for batting average at all times. I can't imagine like I get paid by my, by how many points I score air go three minutes into the NBA game in November, those points count for me. So I want to make my free throws. I was just joking with Simmons about this because it's,
0: it's so Boston. Uh, Who's that, that Wade Boggs, like Boston was divided on Wade Boggs. Okay. What the analytics have proven, he got 200 hits and hundred walks every year. Right. That guy was helping your team. Like, shut up. Like, I know, uh, I know. But you be, get, I get you the spirit of it. You should be trying to pull the ball. Like, what are you talking about? The guy has a 420 on base percentage. All he does is not make outs, which we would learn uh, from Michael Lewis and Billy Bean is all that matters. Uh, but anyway, I do think there are guys who grind all the time at the free throw line and and sh- shoot accordingly. And then there are guys that go, oh, two minutes left. I guess I should knock these down. Um, real quick, because uh, Spaghetti was talking about Fury Wilder and they showed the second fight a, a couple of nights ago uh, and I was watching it. And, of course, Wilder does that thing of like, I, I, I go out on my shield. I can't believe my my, my corner threw in the towel. Like, I I, I want to go out on my shield. And it's like, I'd love one time for a guy to go, oh, thank Christ. My, my eardrum is ruptured. I fucking my ear is bleeding. I, I'm so fucked. I was going to get hit 200 more times. I don't know what got into this guy tonight, but he's way better than me. I kept looking over, hoping they'd throw in the towel. Like, they're always pissed. It's like, do you know how much worse for you it is to go out on your shield? Which is why the Duran thing, the (laughs) Roberto Duran thing is like, I'm not going to beat this guy. There's no way I'm going to beat this guy tonight. So uh, we're going to call it right here. Uh, It's a mercy rule. Who says me? <laughs> apparently, calling? that's what that's what Kucherov wanted the Habs yeah. to do. Like, well, they weren't who's good. Called? Why would they minute, play? Wait a minute. Who's calling the fight? Uh, the guy who's going to get punched. <laughs> uh, the guy who's going to get hit repeatedly
1: is calling it. <laughs> we want everybody. We want everybody in the world to be self-aware, but apparently, not the pugilists who we all know are going to get killed. If only Michael Spinks had it to do over again. Like, yeah. I think I got some lupus or something, uh, Mike Tyson. Can't make the fight. I don't. Whatever he could go back and do to sh- save himself that shame. It is also funny, just quickly, on Ted Williams. There was always an undercurrent of, like, well, we all know Ted Williams is different than Wade Boggs or Tony Gwynn or Rod Carew because he could also slug. Did he ever, to our knowledge, did he, like, he is kind of a, was a prickly guy. Did he ever call those guys out, like, yeah, I'm like you, except that I actually uh, you know, knocked in runs and hit home runs and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if he ever did that. He should have if he didn't. Yeah. Too late now. Uh. While while you were
0: flipping flipping doubles up onto the wall and left, I was hitting laser beams through the shift into the 20th row of the bleachers. Yeah. Well oh, by the way. As we move from one topical area, Ted Williams, to an even more (laughs) topical subject, Babe Ruth. I was thinking about about Ted Williams' head. You're you're preposterous. Like, you're, you know, Spaghetti, you've witnessed this. (laughs) Jack's like, hey, man you didn't have NFL Sunday ticket when Jim Brown played. So you can't tell me, you know, That's he was not great. At all. You, know, you can't tell me, you know, Jim Brown was great. And I was like, yes, I can. Because they recorded every time he made a run, they recorded how far he went and then you can divide it by his number of carries. And then you could compare it to league average. I didn't fucking watch Babe Ruth play, but I know how to read a baseball card and I promise you he's the greatest baseball player of all time. What you can't, you watch that Newsreel footage of the, the pigeon-toed uh, duck running around the bases and go, that guy wasn't a good baseball player. Like, yeah, he's the completely the most dominant player of all time. It's not even close. I'm happy for Otani that they're making the comparison, but it's, it's not real. Babe Ruth, the gap between Babe Ruth and everyone else is bigger than the gap between the best player in any
1: other sport. Yeah, and- but his peers, him, his peers were a limited pool of other white guys from the U.S. of A. I mean, that, that's who who didn't throw all the breaking balls that were being thrown by the '50s. So that that's the asterisk next to Babe Ruth's life and base a name and baseball is different than the other ones that do have a, a more visceral quality to them. That's why baseball has worked over more than a century versus the other sport. That's why NFL became popular because of color NFL films and the music and all of that. That's when pro football elevated because of of what your eyeballs told you. Baseball was easy to track in the newspaper. So you're proving my point.
0: Your eyeballs can only lie to you. All that matters is the metric of how much did this guy help your team win? And that's why Barry Sanders ripping off the 80 yard run when his team is down 31 to three. And then you go, wow, Barry Sanders had another great game, 140 yards on 28 carries. It's like, no, he had 27 carries for 60 yards and he lost three yards and it was second and 13 every possession of this game till he ripped off his big one, which is why Emmett Smith is a better running back than Barry Sanders, because even though he averages a yard less per carry, it's second and eight. You just made my
1: point. You just said, if I see the, uh, the number is what Barry Sanders. Hold, I mean, I guess he's also a highlight reel guy, but he's also one of, but I think people see the highlight reel and
0: allow themselves to go. We agree well, about that. This guy must be the greatest of all time. It's like, well, uh, let's count his rings. How many of those 80-yard runs contributed to a title? Like, what's good is to stay out of second and long. That's what's good. Here, don't here's dance the, in the backfield till
1: you lose six yards. I'll agree with you as far as this goes, because I said that about Tom Brady. It is weird, and it's a paradox, that the greatest pro football player of all time looks like Tom Brady does. And I don't mean in the face. He's a handsome devil. I just mean that that's the build That's the skill set. That's the best to ever do. That's the guy who we all agree on at this point is the best of all time. That's weird. But when you extend that to the other sports, it's also true. Babe Ruth, fat slob. Wayne Gretzky looks like a 15-year-old girl. Michael Jordan, bald and kind of scrawny until at least the second half of his career when he found weights and then got kind of jacked. Those are the four greats the four greatest of our four sports. Not Griming, mean, of course, Gretzky is. Hey, I'm just you know, saying, it's mean, the collective I, wisdom, which is wrong.
0: I, I, you know, obviously I would watch, w- when I could, I'd watch Gretzky in the playoffs. I'm not watching Gretzky regular season games, so I'm only seeing highlights. I don't know, like, I know he's putting up these numbers, but, you know, growing up, they would say, well, Dave Samenko was so terrifying that teams didn't want to hit Gretzky. It's like, that's not a thing. You're forechecking. You should fucking, you know, lay the lumber on whoever has the puck. It is weird when you see Wayne Gretzky in the water skiing sketch on Saturday Night Live with his concave chest. You're like, Jesus Christ, couldn't they have knocked him out of every game on the first shift? Like, was there an unwritten rule? Yes. We're all making money because of this guy. Let it go easy. Go easy. Yes. In this case, there really needs to be an asterisk next to all those numbers. Was this a fucking exhibition? Was his whole career an exhibition? <laughs> hey, uh,
1: don't. I, 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 we've already done too much for Eddie Spaghetti's taste on this. Did you have something you wanted to throw in there, Eddie Spaghetti? It looked like you had a thought to share.
2: No, I was actually just thinking about it in my head about that. I never really thought about that. The body shapes and sizes of the, you know, deemed best of all time in each respective sport. It's pretty crazy to think that none of them were really physical, you know, masterpieces. That is, uh, that is a, that's actually a really good thought.
1: like Cal- not actually me, Eddie Spaghetti. You don't actually, so you don't add verb- You've been on a run
2: of some weird thoughts, some hot takes during the summer. So that we, we needed a good one. This, this was a good one.
0: But Cal Clutterbuck, uh, with a perfectly clean hit against the Bruins, unlike the Dmitri Orloff hit that hurt Kevin Miller. Oh, my God. Um
1: Kyle with that
0: one. with a clean hit against Brandon Carlo, but a fucking... Anytime
1: hit. anybody hits the, one of the Bruins and injured, it was a dirty hit. That goes back to Cam Neely at least. No, yeah. I'm saying this. Kyle Clutterbuck
0: was a clean okay. hit. But Brandon Carlo is a huge monster, and he got fucking laid out on a good hit and was out for the series. And when you look at Gretzky, you're like... There must have been a moment where you had your back to like somebody, especially with all the scumbags that were playing contemporaneously. Didn't anybody, I mean, Dale Hunter never wanted to fucking decapitate him. Like nobody ever put that guy on a stretcher. It can't just be that he was, you know, crouching tiger hidden dragon and was unhittable on the ice. He was so
1: slippery. Don't you know, Hench? He was just so slippery. You couldn't catch up with him. He wasn't the greatest skater, but he was clever on these we I mean, it's it's such jive. You think you think that guy ever went into the corner once in his career to dig a puck out? No, he had muckers go and do it. He had Mike Crucial, Mike crucial Niski do the dirty work while he stood behind the goal and awaited the puck so he, he could set up in his office. Ah, I I don't want to talk about him anymore. I want to talk about I want to talk about uh Movies quickly here. Okay. First of all, here's here's another new one that we need a better name for. A subject that Kevin Hench will dislike so much he'll refuse to indulge in. Black Widow is coming out this weekend. Kevin Hench, who would win in a fight between the Avengers and the Justice League? You have to answer. You can't say I don't care and I don't know and I'm a grown-up oh, and I'm not going to talk about that. Then definitely the
0: um, Avengers. Because? Because they've got all the guys in the un- one
1: universe. What a jerk! I mean, see, like, why? Why do you see? This was a trick question. Because I'm, I'm not even you would expose yourself. Now you expose yourself is like because what it does it it insinuates that people like me and Spaghetti who are other grown ups are wasting our time watching superhero movies that you're too good for.
2: It. Hey, can we actually hard this up? Because I'm seeing Black Widow at 6 p.m. tonight. So let's uh, let's chop <laughs> chop. You know, I got, I got my I got my tickets two weeks Listen, ahead.
0: I I just want to say this is how not into the fucking superhero universe I am and how into the real world I stay connected that when you said black widow, I thought you were talking about the great Coretta Scott King. I I thought we were going to have a real conversation about something that matters. And you're talking about fucking cartoons Jesus Christ. (laughs) They're
1: not cartoons. They're live action. A lot of people saw them. And in fact, so many people saw them. There are a lot of references in your daily life, Hench, that I'm sure go right over your head and you have no idea. So you're cutting your nose to spite your cool face. Speaking of which, next and uh, last movie subject for you I'm interested in with um, with the Kurt Warner biopic now being made by a guy who played a superhero, Zach Levine. That's his name, right? Or am I thinking of the basketball exactly player? Le- that, Le- no, you're thinking of the, Levi. Yeah, Levi.
2: Levi, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, he
1: played Shazam uh, and now is playing Kurt Warner, a superhero of sorts. Um, the um, king of the peasants, if you will. I think uh, if that name's not taken, we can call Kurt Warner that. Who would Kevin Hench have play him in a movie? I, this, is, this is such a layup. I mean, he – he
0: wouldn't he wouldn't need any prosthetics or anything. We get mistaken for each other all the time. Matt Damon. <laughs>
1: what how about how about them apples spaghetti? Sheesh. How do <laughs> you think? Do I, do, I will say I knew I knew if we got
2: Damon in if we got into this I knew that Hench was going to pick either Affleck or Damon for some strange reason oh. I had a feeling
0: I mean as as delusional as I am about my physical properties I don't think I could pick the six foot four actor I think Affleck can me,
1: not him play me we'll make the Hench and Simmons dream team movie All right I got a funny so my thing. name goes first, first. my, my I name, name goes really before yours because I'm more famous. I got a
0: really good Matt Damon story. All right. Okay. So, okay. This is a while back. This is in our prime when me and Maddie, me and me and Maddie D were in our prime. Okay. So, so, um, my wife made a movie called kissing Jessica Stein. One of the executive producers on that movie is a guy named Doug Lyman, big time director who was, who was about to depart for Europe to shoot a movie called the born identity. One of my favorite. So he's he's having a party in honor of both of these films, *Kissing Jessica Stein* and *The Bourne Identity*. It's it's a theme. So, so redundant. Yeah. Those so, two movies. so my 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 girlfriend at the time, now my wife, we're there um, mingling, and, and I have no idea that Matt Damon, you know, is about to fucking walk into this party. But so. There's a huge table of hard liquor. There's all the hard liquor you could want, which for me is usually zero. Uh, and, and then you go to the fridge and there's 24 beers for 75 people. Okay, Doug Lyman, this is your ratio. We have 18 bottles of tequila. Uh, we, every person has their own bottle of tequila and their own beer. That's how you think alcohol is gonna go down at this party. So, so I go to the fridge, I get a beer, When I go, the second time I go to the fridge, there are two beers in the fridge, Doug Lyman's Greenwich Village apartment. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna want more than one beer. So I take the two beers and I put one in my pocket. So I'm holding a beer and I've just put a beer in my pocket. And I hear Doug Lyman say, uh, hey, what would you like to drink? And I hear a dream boat, just a dreamy dreamboat say, beer's fine, just a beer. I know I've not only taken, not only am I holding a beer, I've got the other last beer in my pocket. So then, so then Doug Lyman, we're all standing at the fridge now and there's no beer in the fridge. And Doug Lyman's like, oh, uh, we're out of beer. Can I interest you in a bottle of tequila? You could carry it right in. And Matt Damon's like, I really want a beer. Now, I, I want to give him the one in my hand. I want to go, um, I, I, but I'm like, even I can't look like that big a sycophant. Oh, by all means, my Lord and Savior, have my beer and I'll just go without. I also can't, I can't let Doug Lyman know I have the other beer in my pocket. I can't, (laughs) I mean, my choice in the moment is, uh, give him my my beer. Give him the last beer at the party, or acknowledge I'm the scumbag who carries the second beer in my pocket. So then, <laughs> cheapskate ripping off a big Hollywood party. So then, Matt Damon and Matt Damon's bummed. Like he's he's we're a lot alike. So mm-hmm. he um he looks at the table of of hard alcohol and he's like, I guess you know I have a vodka tonic or something. Like he's he like, he's like, I just wanted a beer, but I guess I'm gonna drink for real now. So then um I, now so this this name drop uh, uh, you know Sheck can attest, not a name drop at the time. My buddy John Ham is in Kissing Jessica Stein. He's he's there as you know Is that his formal name, my buddy John Hamm? Or my is buddy, just- my dear friend. No, so so John Hamm's there, and John Hamm's like, I gotta grab a beer. And I'm like, oh, bad news, buddy. Bad news, there is no beer in that kitchen. I know, because I've got the last beer in my pocket. So John Ham's like, well, I don't want to, let's just go get some beer. So we're in Greenwich Village, a guy from Missouri and a guy from Vermont, <laughs> setting out on foot to buy beer. So we finally, after blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks, we find a package store, you know, 7-Eleven, whatever. And we, and and so then Ham's like, well, we're not lugging like two cases of beer back to this party, and then getting one beer each as the you know, they're, the beer's just going to disappear. What do we do? So it's like, I guess we just get 40s. <laughs> Let's just get 40s. So So <laughs> Ham grabs a 40, and then I grab a 40, and then I grab another 40. And he goes, "Who's the third 40 for?" It's for my friend, Matt Damon, who I know, who I know wants a beer, who I know wants a beer. So so we walk back with our three forties. Now, the party has moved up to the roof at this point. And I've got Matt Damon's 40. I've got my 40. I'm looking for him. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy, He's this is this is going to be great. We'll probably make movies together. Who is this, is this weirdo
1: handing me a 40?
0: So I so I go up to the roof. Uh, it's it's perfect. Uh, shocker. He's talking to a hot girl. He, he He's he's ta- he's standing there talking to a hot girl. I've got my 40 and I've got Matt Damon's 40. And then I I go I'm like, I, I just got to get in here. I just got to wedge myself into this conversation. And he's definitely got a little bit of the like, hey, pal, uh, we're we talking here. You know, it's, uh, you know. And so then I, I said, um, hey, uh, I, I, excuse me. Excuse me, I couldn't help but notice earlier when we were both standing in front of the refrigerator that you had been interested in um, in a fine Pilsner. I've got this Budweiser 40 here. Uh, and, and oh, so I wish then, it was
1: old English. It would have made it better. But okay. no,
0: so, then, so then Matt Damon, and just like fucking classic Matt Damon. This is so classic Matt. It's so Matty. It's so Matty. It's so Matty. So, Maddie. so, Maddie. He so the like, Dames. I, I hand him this 40 and he goes, that is so nice that is so nice. What, you, you heard, you heard I wanted a beer and you went and got beer and you're giving me a, f- like, that is so nice. You're so, and I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. This is it. This is how it starts. This is how, this is how I fucking become Matt Damon's go-to screenplay writer. It's all happening. It's happening right. on the roof of Doug Lyman's Greenwich Village apartment. So I've handed him the beer. That's, that's my big move. I got my beer. Um, I'm a little buzzed, I'm kind of a lightweight, but then I have this moment that is a complete byproduct of nervousness. Um, I start trying to
1: shoehorn the Red Sox into the conversation. Oh, when you said, I start to sh-, I thought you were gonna, I was gonna say, I'm born of nervousness, I'm with Matt Damon and I shit my pants. And <laughs> I, uh, that would have been, that would have been born of Life's nervousness. Oh, go I shit go ahead. my go ahead. pants. I, sh- I,
0: I shoot shoehorn in the Red Sox to be like, if we can start vibing on the Red Sox, maybe this broad will get lost and let this <laughs> romance get underway. How it's about silly. Bruce Hurst, right? He got a raw deal in 86. <laughs> so I, I'm i trying to convey to Matt Damon that he says, how did they do today? And I'm all I need to say is they won in extra innings. It's a pretty basic sentence for a sports fan. And I swear to fucking Christ, I don't know what happened in my synapses. I said they won in overtime.
2: (laughs) I I mean, as it came out of
0: my mouth, I'm like, what did, what did you, what you just called the extra innings overtime in front of the biggest Red Sox fan? What? You're blowing it. You're blowing it. And I don't know if that was the moment where he was like, I think I'm going to start talking to this cute girl again, but it was like, so it's definitely this really awkward extraction of like, I called extra innings overtime, and then I was like, "Well, I'll leave you to it," and I just walked away, and uh, and our paths never crossed again. And I didn't write the
1: born supremacy, um, but that's what that's- might have been. And you leave him talking to a lady king of the world. He's holding a giant forty, sucking that back, spinning yards about show business for the lady. Ah, that's that's. <laughs>
0: He was, a, he was five seconds from going story. like he was five seconds from going, like, hey, what do you do for
1: a crust? What brings you here? <laughs> and then I said the Red Sox oh, will the, the Red Sox Life won joke. Life Life joke. Life Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Who's playing you in a movie?
2: Oh man, that was a some story. I would say, <laughs> I would say, uh, well, especially because like Hench knows so much about sports, that's that's crazy. But um, I would say who would play me would be probably Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, similar body frame, sense. similar work ethic, you know, flies around with the, a gym and he's. beloved. Yeah, we get the gym. We got
1: the joke. Already.
2: Got um, yeah, that's so easily, easily, Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
1: <laughs> I'll go with Brando, period. Um, so, I mean, I I, I his sweat, although Cary Grant, I've got some of that continental charisma that Cary Grant had. Same thing. Um, all right. I think we've said it all here. We, we could go on it and on. I really would like to get into – maybe next week we can do it. I do want to get uh, Hench's thoughts because we were talking off air about the whole scandal. Oh, maybe that could be episode two of uh, Offensive Power Rankings, Uh, the Rachel Nichols uh, scandal going on over there right now. We'll dig in. Okay. Maybe you know, we so can uh, there'll, there'll be another uh, another idea. Oh, there's, there's gonna there. be an update. Yeah, there will certainly have to be an update about that one. Um, but next I time. I also you real see quick, this will be a good one to go for me to go out on, but like um, I like the idea that
0: Nikhil Harry wants a trade and the Patriots are like, yeah, nothing would make us happier, but a 2029 seventh <laughs> rounder isn't really floating our boat. Like, I get it. You want to trade because the option is unconditional release.
1: Yeah, we we're not you think we're thrilled with how this is going? Guy who can't get open? Uh you know what? Uh, here's one more to set up something in the future. If
0: you left Fox, bro, it would be the first time you got separation since you got here.
1: He's fine. You watch, he'll go somewhere and he'll be he'll be well, maybe he won't be productive elsewhere. Either way, um somebody hit me up and but I I I've gotten your your social media, whatever's your tweets at me and Instagram and otherwise. Yes. I'm aware there are, um, iterations, poor iterations of damage X and if all the, what if stuff people are doing that just, you know, ride with the OG. That's all just really just stick with that. What are you, are you, you going to listen to Creed? Cause they're a Pearl jam knockoff. Or are you going to listen to the OGs? You see, See, that spaghetti, that was the tip of the hat to your favorite band there. Sincer- I, I
0: appreciate that. Uh, sincerest form of flattery. I mean, right? It's like That's the, right. The imitation. It's like you're, uh, you're kind of a sexually ambiguous Cary Grant thing. You you do is, is
1: an homage to Mr. Grant. Thank you. Same as Brando. And like Brando, what I was going to say, by the next time you see you, I want you to prep yourself emotionally and otherwise for this. While in Pittsburgh this week, I have gained some 67 pounds and it's still going up. So just be prepared. I'm gonna look a little bit different. Listen, tonight, if
0: you're in right. Pittsburgh, you should gain 66 or 68 pounds, but not
1: 67. You're right. You're right. Well, now we no, now we have Redeem Zahorna. He's the next star, 67. All right, the great Kevin Hench, everybody, a marvelous story, if there ever was one from Hedge. Maybe next time we can tell about John Hamp and Tom Cruise at the same football watch party with, uh, with these two Ooh. schnooks because that was another gangbusters. I was about as
0: poised at that one as I was with that German.
1: <laughs> More poised than our friend, friend Carolla, who within five minutes of meeting Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise's mother, who came to, to the party for some reason, um, Carolla, drunken, uh, performed his touchdown dance, which includes him fake pooping a football which Doug Baldwin later went on to do in Super and Bowl. And cost his team
0: a Super Bowl. I'd say a million times more poised than referring to X ratings as overtime.
1: Getting <laughs> out of football. I wish <laughs> the story that, 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 that Matt Damon finds out Hedge has the extra beer in his pocket, and Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne killed a, a, a trained killer with a book once. He could kill yeah. Hench with a beer He was can. already in character. He's like, that guy's got a beer in his pocket. <laughs> he sucks the beer down, then he kills Hench with the beer can. To uh, I was Bourne. like,
0: well, funny you should ask, Mr. Damon. I am happy to see you, but that's actually a beer in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> which is, is occluding my huge erection, which is also in there somewhere.
1: But what you're seeing is a beer in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, everybody, the hobbled but delightful. Kevin Hench. We'll hear from him next week and every week on the second episode of Minus Three. And now, as he departs, here comes Eddie Spaghetti with his pal, Mikey Meatballs, for the final spaghetti and meatballs breaking down the NHL season. It is in the books. Um, let's hear from them now as we wrap it up here on minus three for the day. Spaghetti and meatballs.
2: Hello, we are back. Spaghetti and Meatballs, Eddie Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs, and that's it. Stanley Cup Champion Crown. Tampa Bay Lightning back to back. Lightning strikes twice. Or Champa Bay. Which which one of those catchphrases do you like better, Meatballs?
3: Uh, neither. They're neither. both terrible. Neither. neither. I don't like I don't like catchphrases. They're lame. No.
2: all business. I guess we're not surprised, right? This was uh it seemed like this was the way it was gonna go from the beginning. I know game two. Maybe the Canadians could have won that game. Uh, they were in that one, and obviously, they go and win game four because the Tampa Bay mayor goes and says, We want to win this at home anyway. By the way, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was like, Hey, there's like a hurricane there. The mayor goes and jinxes and says they want to win at home. I know that like uh, Killorn missed the game because he was injured. So, like you have some players banged up and you usually have those secret injuries too that you hear about. Like, we'll hear in like a week from now, like, Oh, by the way. You know, Steven Samkos played with a broken leg or something like, or Vasilevsky had broken wrist, Like, just weird stuff pops out. So I was like, yeah, here we go. Like, if they lose this one in Tampa, it goes back to the Bell Center in Game Six, and they win that, then you have Game Seven, which is what I originally picked. I was wrong. At least I played a crow, but I was kind of like, I was hoping. I'm not sure if I wanted the Canadians to win the whole thing. I'm not sure which team I like even better in the scenario. But I was like, man, I just wanted a longer series, and -hmm. I thought there was like a smidgen of a chance that they were going to blow this game, game five. And it looked that way, even after they scored the goal, uh, in the second period, a goal up front on McDonough, passes off to the right circle. And there's a little garbage goal in front. Holden scored right in front of the net there. I was like, Hey, I said Price was going to play a really, really good game. And he did. And Montreal just couldn't get their offense started.
3: I do think if they were able to get this or at least get one goal this last game, it would have been, um, it could have been a different series obviously, but, uh, I don't know. It doesn't really surprise me what happened. It was kind of similar to the Islander last game. You know, just one nothing. Even though uh, I think Canadians played better than the Islanders did in uh, their final game, but um, basically we know that the Islanders were the second best team. So that's yeah. that's all that showed.
2: Yeah, that was they. They definitely give the the Lightning a run for their money. I mean, the Canadians what is it, eight goals total in the series. Like, I mean, really, Vasilevsky winning the Conn Smythe is. It makes sense. I get why that he won the consummate because he was phenomenal from the beginning of the playoffs all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals, especially in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think the Canadians were as out matched as it it kind of comes across in the score. Like I said, like they just didn't have the offensive output when they needed to, and Tampa Bay did. And I was like, man, if they just got one goal here, I could definitely see the momentum shifting towards Montreal, yeah. and they would have like won that game in overtime, like 2-1 or something, and all of a sudden, you're, like I said, you're going back to the Bell Center, and now it's a totally different series now because... The pressure really starts to kick in. As Dave always says, the curse is supposed to. It's really starting to kick in. And now Montreal, they're feeling a little bit better. And Tampa Bay is like, oh, no, what do we do here? But alas, I was wrong. Tampa Bay wins this one again, back-to-back. Like I said, is there any shot that you see them repeating? three? They get three in a row here. They're bringing back one of the best defensemen in headman, obviously, Vezina, former Vezina winner of Vasilevsky, and now Conn winner. Steven Samko is their captain, You know, maybe aging, maybe banged up, but still a damn good player. Kucherov, Braden Point. now they have so many guys. McDonough. Do you see this team with a pretty good core intact coming back to the Stanley Cup Finals for a third year?
3: I could see it. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I do think the only thing that would concern me is, I mean, obviously they have their cap issues, so... If they can afford to lose some depth pieces and some of those, you know, guys, maybe on the taxi squad, AHL guys, whoever they can pick up for cheaper can fill in and do the same role. I think they'll be OK. But that's where the lightning are. You know, they're good because they're, they're top skill guys are the best in the league. But then their depth guys. They get productivity out of all those guys. Exactly. Like even Maroon and those guys in the yep. fourth line do a good job. You know, Colton, Coleman, Sorelli, Gord, I mean uh, Jan Ruda was even, you know, had a few points. So whenever you can get points out of those guys, it's it makes a big difference. And uh, I think if they can if they can find a way to get the same productivity out of depth, I think they're gonna be good for as long as that can happen.
2: And your name on our our, our call right here is Vlad Tarasenko, who right before the game, right before puck drop and in game five News broke that he's unhappy. He wants out of St. Louis. I believe he's in year seven of his uh, of his like eight-year deal, uh, sixty million dollar deal. So expensive player. He's 29 years old. And by the way, as a as a 29-year-old man, I hate hearing like, oh, you know, aging winger. It's like, man, we're not even 30 yet. Like, and I get he's had some injury uh, issues the last two seasons, which probably will add to it. But this is a guy that's had. I believe like sixty-six or point uh, or more points like, you know, five years in a row. He he's a lethal scorer, he's a thirty goal scorer when he's healthy, when he's right. I'm assuming you have his name up there because you want your aisles to, to go after him.
3: You yeah. know, it came out that they said uh, it came out that he wants to be traded because he was upset by the way they handled his surgery. So to me, that tells me uh maybe he was healthy at at some point and he was ready to return and maybe they didn't bring him back immediately or it's either that or they, it's like an Eichel thing and they're really, they really effed it up and he was more hurt than what they are leading on. He didn't get surgery in time. So maybe he's been healthy, healthier than we, we think, or he's either less healthy than we think, I guess, if that makes sense. But at first, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want him because he is an aging uh, winger. He's, 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 a getting, young, he's a young man. He's a healthy,
2: young, spry man. At he's years he's old. getting a
3: little older, but I do think a new change of scenery and the Islanders are a team he said he would come to. Um, it could be good for him. And I think he is a proficient goal scorer and he will be more consistent than some of the goal scorers the Islanders have, the Islanders would have to make a a move, a move or two. I, I think you will uh, have some pieces going, you know, going to the Kraken. And I think you could deal off uh, a guy or two too. So I, the only thing is I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade it, uh, one of your core pieces for Tarasenko. So I wouldn't give up like a Beauvillier or something along those lines for him. I mean, if you give up a Letty, and something else for him that would make sense, but I wouldn't give up, you know, like I said, a Beauvillier or, or someone of that nature. So if they can figure it out and if Tarasanko can maybe they can rework uh, his deal in some way, I think they what's it it's like seven and a half million or something like that that he's yeah. owed. So yeah. if they could figure that out, I definitely take him. And I think that that will be a piece that, that can really help them.
2: Yeah, and this I mean, the story of this offseason is gonna be the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, It seems like he's the big piece, the big that That's the drop. Where is he going to go? And there was already, you know, jokes kind of about how Buffalo handled the situation with that they just kind of ruined all leverage with the scenario because everyone knows that he wants out. Well, this is kind of the same thing with snake When the player himself was coming out being like, "I want to leave St. Louis." Mm-hmm. Teams aren't going to come to the Blues and go, "Oh, here's our first round pick and here's our best prospect." You're going to get, you know, the trade will be pennies on the dollar of what he's probably really worth, but. You know, it's not the same as Eichel, who's a twenty-four-year-old center. It's now a twenty-nine-year-old, like you said, aging, often injured, at least the last two seasons. Uh, you know, disgruntled winger. But if you are a team that could somehow throw some pieces over to St. Louis and you get a guy that could score thirty goals for you in, the, in your top six, I mean, especially in the power play too, having him would be awesome. Like one of the best wrist shots in the game. I mean, that's that's something I would do ten times out of ten, and I think the Isles would be dumb to
3: not go after this guy hardcore. They think Parisi could get bought out uh, by the Wild and then take a, a hometown discount for the Islanders and fit on their third line, which I thought, you know, if you can get him for a million, that's not a bad uh, not a bad player to have. Because um, if, if Islander fans remember, Parisi did. They, there was a deal two years ago where he could have been coming to the Islanders, but they couldn't work it out uh, cap-wise. So... That's not from anyone. That's just, what I guess, a hot take that someone uh, thought of on Twitter. I do think that's interesting. And another guy that's out there that could be traded is Phil Kessel. And Phil Kessel did list the Islanders as one of his teams. So if you can get Phil Kessel, that wouldn't be too bad either. I think he's a pretty solid player. And uh, there's something with his salary hit, too, where – he costs like $5 million or whatever, but whatever – I have to research it more. But whatever he's being paid, it's only – the team who gets him is only paying him $1 million.
2: Throw out a team next year. You can't say Islanders. I can't say Rangers. Throw out a team next year. We, we just spoke a little bit about Couldn't the Lightning repeat? Could they get back there? Throw me a team that you think, outside of your own, that will be hoisting the Stanley Cup. If it's not your Islanders, who will be hoisting the Stanley Cup uh, next season? We're going to throw our predictions right now, July 8th.
3: Uh, Winnipeg.
2: Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. Wow, that was a quick one. Why, why mm-hmm. so fast to say Winnipeg?
3: I know they. I know they got swept by Montreal, um, but they're they're a very good team. And Shifley will be back, and they have uh, a lot of young pieces. And if uh, Pierre Luc Dubois can uh, figure it out there too, that will make a difference. So Winnipeg. Winnipeg's a team I'm going with. I think they have they have good depth. They're good defensively, good goaltending, and they have good forwards. So. And they kind of remind me of the Islanders, the way their that formula is a little bit. So, uh yeah, I'm going Winnipeg.
2: And I feel like Colorado is probably going to be my pick. They're probably going to be the favorite. I'm not sure if, when Fennel will, will drop those odds, but they'll probably be the favorite going into next season, or at least close to being the favorite uh, to win it all. And then I was like, eh, man, that's just a boring pick. like Who do I want to go with? And I know that in our draft, I had the Bruins and the, and the Hurricanes. I'm like, yeah, both, you know. Good cores. At least you know the Bruins have a couple good young players. Charlie McAvoy could be in the conversation for a Norris, Pasternak. Obviously, Marchand. Uh, you know that's that's not a bad pick. And then I'm thinking like, who's in the Cup this year? Okay, Montreal, the Canadian team. Well, Canadian team hasn't won it forever. Who? What Canadian team is supposed to be the best team? Well, Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm gonna throw a dark horse and say, look, my pick is Colorado, but. I would not be surprised with with the pressure on Toronto having one of the best players in the league in Austin Matthews and the the, the Tavares injury came at like the absolute worst time and they have some really good pieces there a lot of good guys like we we're talking about before how important it is to roll out four lines and have those guys produce I think they have that and I think they will go kind of crazy this offseason and maneuvering the cap any way they can to bring in more pieces to solidify them because I think the there's an ultimate pressure on them they did not like seeing the Canadians you know who were a mediocre team. Go that far in the playoffs, and I, I'm going to say that the, uh, the the Maple Leafs will make a push. But the easy answer is easily the Colorado Avalanche, but that's not fun to bet on.
3: Toronto's uh, Toronto's too soft, too much hanging out with Justin Bieber. They don't. They don't. I don't. I don't think they have what it takes. No disrespect to your pick, that's but just I would. I would
2: also say that that. Tampa, as currently constituted, the Tampa Bay is kind of soft. Like, I mean, they're not like oh, yeah. no, they... are hard, and the Bruins are a team that's a little tougher. Like, they're grittier. I don't see the the Lightning being a tough team.
3: I don't think so either, but um, you do have guys like uh, Maroon who are tougher on Tampa Bay. I, I do think the the Lightning top-end guys like Kucherov is, is kind of soft a little bit. But uh, really? I think Tampa has more tough guys than... There's it's more of a winning yes yes yes. There's sure. more of a winning culture in Tampa, I think, mentally, Look, than uh, than Toronto.
2: The one thing I'll end on is I am so glad, or I hope that that rumor of Montreal having a parade for, for being in the Stanley Cup does not happen. I think that is the most disgusting thing ever. Please do not do that. You're better than that. You you're literally the best franchise in sports outside of the Yankees. Don't do that. Please do not have a, a parade in Montreal for making the Stanley Cup. I know it's been a long drop for for Montreal, but that those are my final words. Do not have a parade for just making the Stanley Cup finals.
3: If that happens, you should be banned from the Stanley Cup. I mean, until that, further yeah. notice, for sure.
2: That's it. Banned. Banned. Five. You heard it from me. Balls.
3: We'll see you guys soon.
2: And that's that. Great,
1: uh, sincere, great work by you, Spaghetti, and uh, and Mikey Meatballs. Um, it, was, uh, it was a good fun getting you guys going on this uh, hockey talk. Now we got to figure out uh, what we'll do in the offseason with the two of you, um, what you should focus on. But uh, we uh, will be back on the other side of the weekend to break it all down for you and help uh, figure out what's going to happen in the upcoming week of sports until then for Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti and Mikey meatballs, make sure you are checking out all the great work on all the extra point shows. And until next week, thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.